Hello ladies, gentlemen, friends, family and utterly lost strangers. Welcome back here for another week on the Passion Project, the podcast where it doesn't matter if anybody else cares as long as you do. I am your wonderful, beautiful and altogether dishonest host, Scott Strange. Um, and I'm glad to have you back here for another week because I tell you, I have got a special treat for you this week because I am joined by... Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Hello ladies and gentlemen, friends, family and utterly lost strangers Welcome back here to another week on the, the Passion Project The podcast where it doesn't... No I did, th- I did this already, what's going on? No, I definitely have done this part. Why am I doing it again? Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to... Wait. No. Nope. Okay. What the hell is going on? Guys, this is going to sound insane. I understand. But I swear to God, I have done this intro several times over and I keep finding myself right back here at the start again doing it over and over what the fuck is going on yeah I know I get it I probably sound crazy but I swear I am not crazy please for the love of god I need help then put your little hand in mine there ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb cool I guess this is just my life now that's fun I suppose I this this is going to keep happening. It's just going to happen over and over again until I go insane or I die. So I guess I guess all I can do now is just start again and see which one of those comes first. So here goes, I guess. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another another episode of the Passion Project, the podcast where it, doesn't matter if anybody else cares as long as you do. I am once again as always your host Scott Strange and things are just great. I mean how's this feel to you all out there? It feels kind of familiar to me. It feels like I've been here before but hey maybe it's all in my head. You never know but in the meantime I've got a guest so let's let's talk to her. Let's see what she has this week because I could really use a shoulder to lean on and just a voice to talk to. So this week I've got Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay, how you going? Hello, I'm doing good. Excellent. Doing great. Thank you very much for joining me. You are another person on my so far long line of people from the other side of the world that I'm going to be talking to. So yes, <laughs> th- thank you for taking the time and us arranging our different schedules to make this happen. Absolutely. Been looking forward to this. Excellent. So please tell me what, what have you what have you joined me to talk about this week? We're gonna be talking about Groundhog Day the musical. Yes, I, I am I'm definitely down for this. I am I'm very intrigued to hear what you have to say on this one. Um Okay, well let, let's let's start very basically and in case there's just offensively clueless people out there who don't know, what is Groundhog Day? Uh, Groundhog Day was originally a movie uh, about this man, Phil Connors, who finds himself uh, in a time loop when he goes to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, uh, to report on Groundhog Day itself and the Groundhog's prediction. And he's got to figure out what it is that made him stuck there and what he's supposed to do. Yes. 
Um, and if for any reason there's anyone out there who has not seen that movie, please stop listening right now and go and watch it because your life is oh empty. Oh, my God. Your life is empty without it, basically. Honestly, yeah. The yes. movie's fantastic. The musical's beautiful. It's it is, yes. It is probably one of, one of, if not Bill Murray's best movies. Absolutely. I, I, I rewatched it the other week in preparation because it had been a while since I'd seen it, so I, I went and rewatched it again, and it is still a very excellent movie. Yeah. Do you know, because I was wondering when I watched it, do you know if that was the first movie that did the time loop shtick or was that just the first one that became really well known? Because I personally don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure it was one of the first because I know Danny Rubin wrote uh, his book, How to Write Groundhog Day, where he explained his process. And I'm pretty sure like he came up with the idea for uh, – the time loop, which is one of many different ideas he had for a movie. Uh, he came up with it when he was, I think, still in college, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. And, yeah, that was quite a while ago. So yeah. I'm pretty sure it was one of the first, if not just the first big one. Yeah, because, yeah, I'm, I can't because I can't think of any that came before that. But there's been so many, yeah. like, there's so many people have redone that kind of idea now. It's hard to, it gets hard to pinpoint I think it them might all. have just set the standard. Yeah, exactly. And it is still probably the best one, really. Um, Okay, so now that we've covered what the actual basis of Groundhog Day is, what is, besides what the title obviously says it is, what is Groundhog Day the musical? Groundhog Day the musical uh, is a work uh, by... Yeah, music by Tim Minchin. Sorry, Mo. Uh, based off of the movie, Danny Rubin also contributed. And basically, it takes the movie to a different level puts songs in there but also gives a lot more depth to the town itself and all of the characters involved right well the movie just specifically focused on phil you get a lot more in depth with a bunch of the other characters that you wouldn't have even given a passing glance to in the movie yeah yeah so is phil still the main character in the musical yeah he is split between him and rita for the most part right and so what what is it in particular about about this musical that you like so much that has you here talking to me about it? You know, I don't it, it just it snuck up on me was the thing. Like I went to go see it uh when it was I think just a week before it was officially opening. It was right before Andy Carl's famous injury. Right. Ah. Uh, um, and we'll get and back. We'll, I, I will ask you further questions on whatever that famous injury is because that sentence means nothing to me. But carry oh. on. But yeah, let's go over the let's go over the basic stuff first, and we'll get there. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I saw it um, late April, right before opening, like a week before opening night. Yeah. And I, I just I saw it on a whim. I hadn't even seen the movie at the time. And I'm just like, yeah, sure, why not? I heard the movie was good. Maybe the musical will be good. Hmm. And I walked out of there, and I don't know, like, there was something about it. The people in the cast just brought so much life. Like, you felt like you were in this beautiful, welcoming town. Hmm. And it just, it had so much heart. And it made you walk out of there wanting to be a better person. Which is a, yeah, which is a good thing. It's kind of, it's a good thing to have. Yeah. Those kind of affirming experiences. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think part of that came from the fact that you didn't really know what it was, like you had because you hadn't seen the movie or anything like that? Yeah. So you had zero expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know if I had seen the movie first, I would have expected to go in there 
and see basically like Bill Murray's character on the stage. Yeah, exactly. But instead, you know, Andy Carl brings something completely different to the role that is absolutely special and dynamic in its own way. Yeah. So obviously he is the person that plays Phil, I'm gathering from that. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. So after you came out, like, well, okay. So how did you get, how did you get to see it early? How did that come about? Um, well, with Broadway, like they'll have, I think roughly like a month of preview performances, which basically means like the public can go see it. It's just that at that point in the process, they, they hold the right to change things. Right. Cause I know at least when I saw it, like there was another verse in one of the first numbers that got, that's still on the cast recording, but got cut further on into the, you know, editing stage. Um, I'm going to briefly touch upon Andy Carl's injury. Okay, uh, yeah. let's do that then. Yeah. Uh, so it was the Friday before opening night. I believe it was, it was set to open the next Monday. Um, it was late into the second act. The, um, it, or the last three songs are Philandering, Punxsutawney Rock, and then Seeing You. In not Philandering, uh, Philanthropy. Sorry. <laughs> Great part. Yeah, that is uh, that is they're two very different songs. <laughs> yeah, they are two very different songs. Um, yeah, so in the song Philanthropy, there's this one part where he where uh Phil does like a leapfrog over a different character to catch a lady who's f- about to like fall off a ladder trying to get her cat out of a tree. Yeah. And every other time it had went just fine, but he did the leapfrog and then he landed wrong and he tore his ACL. Yeesh. Yeah, and then they had to, like, stop the show and, like, you know, figure out what to do. And then he ended up, like, kind of pulling up a chair and singing the last number of the show because he just, he needed yeah. to finish it. Yeah, the show must and go on. Managed oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, they had uh, the understudy for Phil, uh, Andrew Call, go on for the next two days. And then Andy was there opening night. After right. getting, like, steroid shots, he performed. And they kind of had to fix a couple of things in uh, philanthropy, including yeah. the leapfrog that got completely cut Yeah, to kind of make it a little easier. Yeah, well, that makes <laughs> sense. You, you don't really want that happening yeah. again. Yeah, and like if you were to watch the uh, either of the bootlegs, because the, they're both from the preview stage, you can actually see that famous leapfrog. Well, actually, no, only one of them. Right, right. The other one, yeah. So, so you, saw, you saw a pre pre- Injury? Yeah, I saw it. Yes, I did. I uh, he got injured that Friday. I saw it the Tuesday before. Right. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. You got you got a rare showing because so did they, did they <laughs> cut that forever? Any subsequent things of it? They uh, didn't have the leap. Yeah, the leapfrog is was no longer in the show following that. Right. Right. Because my, f- I mean, I I definitely <laughs> I have never seen it, and because it's the show's close. Is it closed now? Is it? Yeah, it closed on September seventeenth. Yeah, so I mean, I I will ne- never see it basically, because um, yeah, the only um, thing I- it's coming to Australia. Oh, it is. Oh, okay, never yeah, mind. Yeah, they confirmed I- that. There was talk of an uh, an Ameri- like a North America tour that got shut down. They're talking about bringing it back to London where where it originally started. Right. Um, okay. and but they they did confirm that it is coming to Australia. Well, in that case, scratch that. I will be. Next year, I I'll think. Be having to keep my eyes peeled for that one because yes, I definitely do oh, want to yeah. see it. Because I first I went and saw Matilda a couple of years ago. I was in New York and I went and saw Matilda, yeah. which 
Tim Minchin wrote the music for that as well. So I, I remembered reading through the program on the night. I was like, Tim Minchin is currently working on songs for a Groundhog Day musical to be coming out in 2017. I was like, holy shit, I need to see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Matilda was wonderful as well. Yeah, Matilda was very nice. Um, yeah, just because, I don't know, Groundhog Day, it seemed very ripe for something that could be made into a musical. Yeah, it sounds kind of funky when you first see it, but then once you really think about it, you're like, no, wait, this could be a musical. Because I, cause I always figure, yeah, because I, I mean, I don't know, I'm not very theater knowledgeable kind of thing, but I figure like a lot of musicals are built upon, you know, recurring musical themes that happen throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a, oh, a story yeah. a story when there's a day that's repeating over and over again seems oh God, the perfect yeah. way to build in those kind of repetitive musical cues. Yeah, it was like the way that they went about like having the day start over and bringing back different notes from different parts, like different uh, iterations of the day. It was beyond clever. Yeah. Like so they like, really went all out. Yeah, it really felt something that was ripe for that kind of, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Treatment. Like, it was made for the stage. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, how how do they do some of this? Like, as you said, like, how the way they do the, the restart of the day, like, how do they how do they tackle some of that kind of stuff within the stage? Um. Well, like, if it's, like, he's trying something, like, when he's trying to get Rita to go out with him and he says something wrong and she reacts you know, as a reasonable person would. And he's like, damn it. The the lights will go black, the alarm clock sound. And then like, they'll do like a whoosh, whooshing sound that yeah. I can't replicate. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he, like they'll both like sneak back to where they were originally. And then the scene is completely reset perfectly. Right. And then yeah. like, they'll do like the lines going into that scene again and again. It's, yeah. it's pretty neat. Cause yeah, cause that's obviously when you watch the movie, mm-hmm. they literally just, play the same kind of yeah they just cut they edit and play the same scene over and over again so you know it's yeah things like that must be a much bigger challenge when you're doing it live Mm -hmm. yeah so so how many times have you have you seen it more than once i'm gonna guess yes i did i saw it seven times oh yeah so just a few yeah just a couple i mean i've got i know like this one girl who saw it 22 times it's some people are great like (laughs) i like i wish that were me did you see it at the same place each time? Like, was it the same theater? Uh, yeah, yeah. With uh, Broadway, it's always uh, the same theater. Right, right. It wasn't a touring production. Yes. So, yeah, it was all at the August Wilson. Right. I, I can't remember which theater I went to when I saw Matilda. I just don't remember the name of it, so I have no idea if that was the same one or not. When was the last time you saw it? I saw it on clo- uh, I, I saw its closing performance. Ah, uh, yes, very nice. It was yeah, and is, then I went to the reunion concert on uh, February second, which <laughs> wasn't the same, but it was still a great evening. Did you notice anything different between performances or anything like that? Like, is it the kind of thing where you pick up on different things upon oh, subsequent yeah, viewings? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Obvi- like obviously like sometimes an actor will say something a little different that time but then because the day keeps repeating if they have to say the line again they have to say it exactly that way every time yeah. which is kind of fun um <laughs> i remember the second time i went there was this one scene uh they were transitioning to go to the diner and you had two of the characters like pushing the uh counter for the diner and there's a tray of sticky buns on top and it got knocked over by mistake. Yeah. 
And so then when they had to transition into the diner for like the next, you know, Groundhog Day, they had to knock it over again <laughs> and then um, have to pick it up all over again. It's like they fucked up the first time. So they're like, oh, shit, shit, shit. We got to just yeah. knock it over again, like, which is kind of funny. Yeah. You feel um, like- and then sometimes like actors would mess up some of the lines. And once you'd seen it a couple of times, you pick up on it. And it's just really funny. Yeah. And I feel like. Those kind of those kind of mistakes would be half like a good challenge and half there's someone out the back going, "Oh fuck off! Why you just made me have to yeah. knock over buns for the next hour and a half?" Yeah, no, thank God they only had to do it I think two more times because then otherwise it was like they transitioned into it in the back, yeah. so like you know the audience can like actively see the transition so they didn't have to knock it over or like uh, it was already halfway through the diner scene. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't have to knock it over. Um, so I guess, yeah, like, cause you said kind of what you got out of it was that a very, it was a very sort of life affirming sort of mm-hmm. performance or show. So, so how, cause obviously like it's the moral in general, I guess, of the movie is Phil's journey of learning how to become a better person is the basic, yeah. is the basic yeah, thing. So, yeah. so the movie definitely has, has that as well. But, um, being, being that, being that it's Bill Murray, he, he, there's definitely a, like a lot of yeah, a tone of cynicism through through like half of it. So how does I guess how does that change in the in the musical? How how does the more life affirming aspects like become probably much more to the forefront? Um, the way Andy Carl played the character, it was more like a sort of like a self important pretty boy who just thought he was above and beyond everyone else, and he thought everything that this new station was making him do was completely below him. And so then he becomes like more down to earth. He becomes a person. He sees everyone around him and he realizes that, you know, sure. He could have spent the entire groundhog day being a jerk, picking on people, you know, making everyone's life a living hell or just trying to just do whatever he wanted, have a good time. Who cares about everyone else? And then in the end, he, comes to realize that, you know, you have endless opportunities to do this day. Why not make the day good for everyone else? Yeah. You yeah. see where something's going wrong for this person, help them out. Yeah. And then that's where the number uh, philanthropy comes on. It's just him helping everybody in town. Yeah. Which is it's really neat. Again, like, yeah. it comes, like in the movie, the sort of last, last go yeah. of the day becomes yeah very much mm-hmm. that of him going around yeah. and like fixing everything yeah. he can yeah he has it down to the second this perfect routine of you know you know catch the cat falling out of the tree stop the guy from choking on the hot dog you know hand mrs cleveland the tissue mm-hmm. like he's got it down to a science That's and then so- coming out of it you realize that like for him, it was just he had this day going on every day and he had a million chances to get it right. But we don't get that chance. So yeah. you like there's an endless amount of ways that your day could go. Yeah. You have a million things that you could be doing with your day, but it makes more sense to spend your day and spend your time and energy doing good and being good to yourself, being good to other people. And yeah. that's the message a lot of people got out of that. Yeah, which... Like you don't get your do-over. You have to exactly. do it right and, the first time. Yeah, and, you know, if you're 
feeling shitty or being shitty or whatever, you know, anytime the, the negative side of stuff creeps in, it's like, okay, this is the, you're, only, you're only doing this day once. Is this how you're going to want to do it? Or do you want to try fix that and do something better? Exactly. You won't always do that, but it's a good reminder to at least try. Yeah, exactly. At least try a little bit. And obviously you're going to have your days where it's just like, no, I'm not feeling it. I'm, I'm upset. I'm bitter. Mm. And that's okay. Just don't make that your every day. Yeah. And do you... You have your moments and that's cool. That's life. Do you feel like since like seeing it and sort of, did you, do you feel like you made any kind of changes along those lines in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I think I it just made me more aware of how to interact with how I'm interacting with other people. And I have a bit of a temper issue when things aren't quite going the way that I would prefer them to go. Yeah. And then it just it made me want to stop and realize like, OK, wait, no, like they've got something going on, too. Let me just think about this. Don't lose my temper because that's, that's only going to make the day worse for everyone yeah. else. So, yeah, it just helps you pause for a second and, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Realize that everyone else is going through their same thing at the same time you are. So, mm-hmm. most, peop- most people are actually not trying to actively irritate other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it helped me be a lot more aware of that. Which, which is good. I guess that's what you kind of want good art to do to sort of make you change the way you think in some capacity. Definitely. So, so you said that it takes the show takes the opportunity to better delve into like the community mm-hmm. and that side of thing, and the, and the rest of the town. So, how does it how does it do that? Well, um, in the movie, you remember the minor character Nancy Taylor? Yeah, that's like the, the one. That's the woman, yeah, like yeah, the basically the attractive woman who he tries to sleep with. Yeah. Well, at the top of the second act, she has her own song. Uh, it's called "Playing Nancy." And it delves into more of her perspective of how, like, everyone just sees her as this pretty face. And, you know, it's no one wants to see who she really is. Yeah. And, like, obviously, she feels like she's more than just, you know, pretty hair, you know, like perfect hair, perfect teeth. But, you know, once you start dressing a certain way, once you start acting a certain way, that's what everyone expects. Mm. And so it's just easier for her to play the pretty girl part. Yeah. Even if, you know, there's more to her that no one wants to see. Yeah, yeah. And it's really a pretty song. And then also Ned Ryerson. Yeah. Um, you find that later when Phil accidentally punches him in the face again, <laughs> uh, he knocks Ned's wallet out of his uh, bag, I think it is. And Phil picks it up and he sees like this whole roll of pictures and he finds out that Ned's wife had passed away and it gives Ned's whole insurance thing yeah, he's a like, lot more depth. His whole life insurance commitment. Yeah. Yeah, because in the in the musical he has a jingle for his insurance. It's like death will come to everyone. You gotta <laughs> love you gotta love you gotta love life insurance. <laughs> and then later on when you find out what happens to his wife, it turns into this song called Night Will Come. Yeah, where it, it's playing as Phil's trying to save the life of the uh, old man. Yeah, the homeless guy. And it, yeah, the homeless old man. And it's about the inevitability of death and how there are things that he can't control. No matter how many times he tries, no matter how perfect he gets his day, 
Yeah. There's just some things he can't fix. Yeah, yeah. In the movie, there's that yeah. particular line where he takes the guy into hospital and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the woman just yeah. goes, you know, sometimes people die. And, like, his response yeah. is just not today because he feels not on my like because he has this repeating day. He feels like he should actually be able to control every yeah. single part of it. But, yeah, that's kind of the evidence of not quite. There are some things that are going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. Do they become sort of like little arcs for the sort of characters in the town, like their own little plot threads running through? Yeah, absolutely. You see more of that one uh, couple, Freddie and Debbie, who are uh, who end up getting engaged at the end. You see bits of their relationship. Uh, you find out little bits of other people's connections as the story goes on. You find that, you know, the two drunk guys that, you know, Phil goes, you know, driving with. Yeah. At the beginning, like you, like there's a little detail where you find out that their um, their uncle is the sheriff in town, <laughs> and the sheriff's son Jeff is you know the guy who works at the diner and he's gay. And then at the very end, uh, during one of the bigger numbers, uh, seeing you mm. when Phil dances with Rita at the Groundhog Day dinner. Mm-hmm. If you look in the background, you see. Uh, the sheriff's son Jeff dancing with the deputy, <laughs> which is it's just little sweet interactions that like once you start seeing it over and over again, you see yeah, it's yeah. not just empty faces in the background. These are people that clearly all have their lives fleshed out. Yeah, These, like the actors really gave it some thought. It's it feels real. Yeah, and I'm explaining it rather poorly, but well, you know, it's one of those things. It's it's difficult to explain like a, a theater production like that in in words when so much of it is you know such little tiny details and comes down to things that the actors might be doing which often aren't entirely verbal things so it's hard to explain yeah. them verbally yeah is there any like extra characters that aren't in the movie do they have any new characters that they bring in uh new characters from the movie let me think not not really it you just Sometimes you just see more of them. Some of the characters, like, they get names. Yeah, yeah. So it's people yeah, like they just fleshed out more. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, like some, like, you know, they were just, like, that annoying guy in the background. But now, like, he might have a name. That sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Were you always, a, like, a theater-type person before watching this? Were you someone who would go regularly? I started going to the theater in 2016. Uh, Hamilton got me into it, like oh, back yes. into it. Like I was, like I liked Wicked when I was in high school. But then, like my mom went, like we just couldn't afford to go. Yeah. Or like we didn't have the time, so I kind of just I'm like I'm never gonna see it. And then Hamilton got me back into it, and I ended up listening to Something Rotten. Mm. And I I kept entering ticket lottos, and then finally got to, I got to go see that. And then once I saw the first show, I was like, like I got bit by the bug, and I just yeah. kept entering lottos. Yeah. And that's how I ended up seeing Groundhog Day uh, all those times. Right. So um, six kept... out of seven times were uh, because I got a discount through the lotto. Right. Because because what what's I mean it's sort of vaguely self-explanatory, but what is the lotto? I know it's like um, obviously you just enter your name in and. Yeah, you know, you and yeah, just enter your your, like, your name, your address, your age, whatever, and then uh, like your email, and then they'll send you an email um, 
it depends on the lottery. When it came to Groundhog Day, it was one of the ones where you could enter in advance and then they tell you the day before. Right. Um, some of them are day of, but you get the email and it says like you have the, you know, you won, you can buy tickets for, a, for like for Groundhog Day it was $40 if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Yeah. Some of them are more, some of them are less. Yeah. That seems like reasonably cheap for theater. Oh yeah, it is. And like there were a lot of the times very good seats. Almost hmm. every single time I sat in the orchestra. Wow. That's and like, pretty I had a great view every time. Well, that's good. That's what you're after. Yeah. Is that how you managed to score a ticket for Hamilton through the whole lottery system? Because obviously those tickets are not easy to get. Uh, No, no. It, that was actually before I saw Something Rotten. I had just been working so many hours and I spent an entire paycheck on two tickets to Hamilton. Right. You just And like they were like 300 something each. And I, like I took my sister and I bought them like several months in advance. I'm like, we're going to Hamilton and that's that. <laughs> uh, well yeah i guess was it worth it oh it was a it was a great time it was six days after lin-manuel miranda left the show which oh, is kind of disappointing but uh it was actually the very first performance that uh uh the guy who plays hamilton in chicago it was his very first performance ever right. as hamilton so i right. got to see that which is pretty yeah that is i mean that is momentous in its own way yeah it was an, it was a good time so what what is something rotten? Uh, something rotten is basically the show about these two brothers um, in Renaissance Europe. They're trying to write a play as good as Shakespeare, right? And Shakespeare is like this sort of Renaissance rock star that everybody loves. And the one brother ends up uh, contacting a uh, a soothsayer, Nostradamus's nephew, Thomas Nostradamus, who doesn't quite get his predictions right. And he's like, what's the next big thing in the theater? And it's musicals. And they end up writing what they think is going to be Shakespeare's next big thing. But instead of Hamlet, he predicts omelet. <laughs> and so it's, it's just this giant mishmash of like theater references. It's a very funny show. Uh, yes. Well, yeah, I really had not heard of that one at all. So that is news yeah, to me. It's, yeah, it's uh, touring the U.S. right now. Right. So, would you say, considering it's the one we're here mostly talking about, would you say Groundhog Day is the favorite show of yours that you've seen? Absolutely. Yes. Did, like, did you see any other ones multiple times, or is this the only one? Uh, I saw something rotten four times. Right, right. Um, and I've seen the Book of Mormon twice. Right. So, do you have a p- particularly favorite song from the, the show? Uh, I mean, I'm... It, I'm always going to be biased towards Punxsutawney Rock because my favorite actress on Broadway sings it. Oh, and who's that? Uh, Terry. So what's, Terry. What's, what's she been in? She was in the ensemble of Something Rotten when I saw it. And I just, every time I went, I like my eyes were always drawn to her. She has like this incredible energy and stage presence. And then I went to Groundhog Day not knowing she was in it. And she played... Uh, there's this couple, Mr. and Mrs. Cleveland. They're just a couple from Cleveland. Yeah. And I found out it was her. And I'm like, oh, my God, there she is. <laughs> and she also plays the piano teacher in the second act. Ah, yes. And uh, the piano teacher sings the song Punxsutawney Rock at the Groundhog Day dinner. <laughs> um, she's been in a couple of other things, too. Uh, Anything Goes, Boy From Oz, uh, yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. She's just she's super cool. Right, right. But is she, is she, from the sounds of it, she's still not, like, 
like huge? Has she, has she had any like lead roles or anything like that? Or is she more like a bit um, player? She understudied uh, for the lead roles in Anything Goes and Boy From Oz. Yeah. Um, and she almost got to take over as Reno Sweeney in Anything Goes. But then they uh, decided to cast Stephanie J. Block in the role instead. <laughs> so, but she almost had it. So close. So do you now, do you sort of intentionally follow what what she's up to these days? I'm trying, but she's not in anything right now. So I'm just waiting. Yeah. Like until they're, I'm like watching as they're announcing new shows. I'm like, is, is she in it? No. <laughs> oh, well, one <laughs> day waiting. her time will come. Oh, absolutely. And when I was at the uh, reunion concert, I got very lucky because my table was right by where she was on stage. And you could hear her the like, the clearest and it was fantastic okay so on the topic of what what exactly was the reunion concert i mean it sounds Um, kind of obvious but still yeah basically it was most of the cast of groundhog day came back together at uh feinstein's 54 below which is a sort of like a broadway dinner club thing and it was at 11 30 at night right and they sang some of the songs from the show edited the lyrics to some to kind of poke fun at the fact that the show closed um, in addition to kind of parodying a bunch of other, like, more common songs, like Total Eclipse of the Heart. Uh, they yeah. made that whole turnaround bit about the turntables. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was just really a fun night where they just, for a minute, you were back in Punxsutawney, back yeah. at Groundhog Day. Yeah, most of the cast made it. Uh, there were some that couldn't, like Andy Carl ended up having to cancel at the last second because he had something going on. Uh, uh, Barrett Doss, who played Rita, right. uh, she's currently filming a uh, spinoff of Grey's Anatomy about firefighters. Uh, Station right. 19, I think it's called. So she's still overdoing that. Yeah. Um, one of the um, swings, Camden Gonzalez, she's now in the second Hamilton tour right. as a swing. So she's she was over at Hamilton rehearsals and she couldn't make it. A bunch of other people showed up, and it was really cool. Who puts something like that together? Like, who organizes this reunion concert? Is it, like, the theater company who put together the show, or is it something they uh, organize? It was, or? It, was, uh, it was actually mostly put together by this one person on Twitter whose name I am completely blanking on. I feel really bad about it. I'm actually going to look it up right now. She runs this uh, Twitter called uh, Humans of Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, at Broadway Humans. Right. Uh, she pretty much set that up. Right. In addition to like a few other people, but she was pretty much behind it. And like the concert was called Humans of Punxsutawney. So yeah. And fair. a lot of the people uh, went to this sort of like there will be sun campaign where it donates money to people who are suffering from mental illness oh, because yes. a lot of the people in the fan base found a lot of comfort and healing through this show. Ah, so yeah, including myself. So, so how how so? I guess I guess because of just um, the general positive. There's a lot of hope in it. Yeah, and it's a lot of people find like there's a certain way of looking at Phil's character, especially the way that Andy Carl plays it, where you can kind of see that he's perhaps suffering from mental illness himself, like yeah. anxiety or depression, that sort of thing. Yeah, like in. In the one song, he mentions that he takes Xanax. And granted, plenty of people can get a hold of Xanax that don't really necessarily need it. Yeah. But there's a decent chance that perhaps he was diagnosed with anxiety and he needs it. 
But uh, yeah, and I guess and it's, it's more, even if that's not necessarily the intent of the show itself, like it's, oh, yeah. that's there to it, be read it's, into. It's definitely if people, a way to look at it. Yeah. And you, you sort of see that like, in addition to becoming a better person, he's finding a way to heal himself and deal with his own inner demons, I guess. Yeah. By helping others and, and then in turn helping himself. Which, a lot of people found a lot of, you know, inspiration in that. Yeah, and I guess it's... Healing yeah. yourself by helping others. Yeah, healing yourself by helping others or, yeah, embracing that side. I mean, I, I can definitely... The, 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 gen, the general basis of me doing this podcast was that I was dealing with depression at the time and I wanted to try find a more positive outlet in which to direct my myself. So I'm like, if I can talk to people about things that they like, maybe that'll help. So exactly. That's, that's exactly how this yeah. thing came about. That's that's amazing. So yeah. yeah, it was that, and then like the sort of there was this one song called "There Will Be Sun," and it's basically just at the surface saying like, okay, maybe spring will come tomorrow, but if not, perhaps the day after there'll be sun. Yeah, and I know a lot of people in the fan base actually got that specific thing there will be sun tattooed yeah yeah like in like they find a lot of hope just in that one line alone that you know maybe not tomorrow but there there could be some the day after do you have any groundhog day musical related tattoos i do um in uh what phil does not realize is his final groundhog day he has this one monologue um and it includes the line bounded yet infinite yeah and that's what I have uh, in in Andy Carl's handwriting. Ah. I asked for it. You know, there, a lot of people, uh, like their tattoos are either in his handwriting or Barrett Doss's handwriting. Right. <laughs> Pretty neat. So where did you ask him for it? How how did you get him to provide that? Uh, at the stage door. Right. You can, yeah. yeah, you can go to the stage door and, you know, get, you get your autographs. And then if you want, you know, you talk to them and sometimes you can ask, like, hey, look, I was hoping to get this as a tattoo would you mind writing it for me? And people who weren't able to actually see the show in person, they wrote in, they, they wrote a letter. They're like, Hey, this, this show really inspired me. This line inspired me. I was wondering if you could write it down for me. And then they include the postage. So that way it gets sent back and then they could get it tattooed. Hmm. So it just depends on where you were at the time. Yeah. Do you feel like if you, if, if like when he gets asked that, he just has internally goes, Oh God, I got to make sure I write this really nice. That's what he. That's exactly what he says. Like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> he made jokes about his handwriting being messy. He's like, oh crap, I gotta do this right. Yeah, because my handwriting is garbage. So if I was ever in a position where someone was like, hey, can you write this? I want it put on my body permanently. I'm like, oh Jesus, are you sure? Because it's like an illegible scroll. Right. Right. Uh, so have you had had any other like interactions with the sort of cast members and that kind of stuff? Uh. How so? Who have you met yeah. out of the cast, I guess? I mean, I've, I was able to at least talk a little bit with almost everyone in the cast. Is that just like the set the stage door kind of thing? Yeah, I talked to a lot of them at the stage door. And then in addition, oh, this cast specifically was very, very interactive with the fans through Instagram. Mm, yeah. Um, And so like what a lot of the artists in the community, mm. like when they posted stuff, they could tag any of the cast and like a lot of times they got comments and like you can often just like talk a lot with the cast members hmm. uh like i made a 
versions of every character in the show out of Pearly Beats. Ooh. And so I got a lot of feedback from the cast through that. Right. What are Pearly Beads? I don't think Pearly I know. Pearly Beads are these little plastic uh, beads that you put on a pegboard and then you uh, put wax paper over them, you melt them right. a little bit so they fuse together. Interesting. Yeah. And so they're all about like 13 inches high. And right. it's just every cast member I made one for. Ah, very nice. Yeah. Seems so like 25 of them. Have, have you ever done... Are you just a theater viewer or have you done any kind of theater of your own, like performing or anything like that? Um, I was in the school like play in, the, in my freshman year and then I did the musical my yeah. sophomore year. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't necessarily involved. I didn't get crazy parts because I went to a vocational school and so all the performing arts students got all the big roles. Yeah, yeah. And then after my sophomore year, I had to quit the drama club get a job uh, yes so uh, yeah. I, instead of being in the show i was at mcdonald's <laughs> uh, yes we all had a uh, a shitty school jobs yeah mine was in basically what amounts to a dollar store so that was fun oh uh-huh. yeah my senior year i was at a butcher shop <laughs> uh, that, was, that was wild is this, is this, is it something you'd ever want to like look into doing even just as a hobby getting into any kind of theater performing stuff um, or, are you, or are you happy just watching i i really love, love to be up there but uh my voice isn't really the best and it's with my i work in a restaurant so my schedule is kind of hard to yeah, match yeah. up with a like a rehearsal schedule so i really couldn't oh well oh well uh, maybe one day <laughs> one day yes so was there anything on with the reunion concert? Was there anything noteworthy about the date it happened or anything like that, or was it just a date that it happened on? Uh, I, I well, guess it, was it, it the anniversary of it starting or anything along those lines? Or it was Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, duh! I I really I really should have clicked. <laughs> February second is Groundhog yeah, Day. Um, yeah, okay. Because yeah, I, that's the thing. They never got to do the show on Groundhog Day. Which yes. you know was super lame. Yeah, it's, that and seems a lot like... of people were. Yeah, um, a couple of shows had announced closing, like maybe a month or so before Groundhog Day announced theirs, mm. and people were saying, like, I swear to God, if they decide to announce closing before Groundhog Day, you know, it's this is you know yeah. someone's gonna have to pay for this because they have to perform on Groundhog Day, yeah. and then they, they were like, no, we're closing in September. Yeah. No one was happy. Yeah, it, it just seems crazy that it didn't either start yeah. or finish on that day. It just yeah, it's like if if they closed it that day, we would have been like, okay, fair. Yeah, exactly. You got us there. But yeah, Mean Girls the musical is in that theater now. Uh, yeah, really, like... a lot of politics went into that. That's uh, I think a big uh, contributor to why the show closed because it was doing fine. So yeah, like it was. So it was doing reasonably well. Like it wasn't like. It- I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't reaching like Hamilton or Jeremy Hansen level ticket oh, yeah. sales. Well, you know, not but, not that many things are really. Yeah, like it's not Hamilton, and Jeremy Hansen was kind of like the star of the season. Yeah, but it was doing just fine, from what I understand. I mean, I'm not an expert on finances mm. in Broadway shows. I don't know at all how that sort of thing goes on. But from what I've heard, it yeah. was doing okay. Right. Did, did it win? It, 
did it win any awards or anything along those lines? Um, it got a lot more like reception in London. Like right. uh, the show won Best New Musical. Andy Carl won the Olivier for Best Actor in a Musical. But the Tony Awards over here, they just pretty much got swept by the actors and the team from Dear Evan Hansen. Right. And then like, you know, like other people, like the revival cast of Hello Dolly won a bunch of the awards. So it just, it kind of went to those two shows in regards to musicals and that was it. Ah, right. Fair enough. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, no, my mind just blanked. (laughs) Yeah, they were nominated for seven Tonys. Yeah. You mentioned the possible politic the Mean Girls musical might have contributed towards its clothing. Even even if you don't know any actual le- legitimate facts about that, what's the what's the speculation or the conspiracy theories around it? <clears throat> There's no real conspiracy. It's just that we think that because obviously Tina Fey uh, was involved in the production of the musical, and that they have some bigger names going into it, and right. it was based off of a like a lot more high profile movie i guess yeah, like I, groundhog day is a classic yeah but there were a lot of people who said that you know groundhog day that's kind of a silly idea for a musical mm. and they didn't really market it quite enough to be like no well actually it's great yeah uh and like mean girls is just like it was a huge hit over right. here especially with a big target demographic with Broadway now is the younger yeah. like female population. And so like a lot of us grew up with that. So they expect it to, you know, do really well. So it kind of pushed groundhog day out. Right. Right. Do you, do you have any, cause obviously there's a, it seems to be a very biggish kind of thing at the moment where they're taking movies and adapting them into musicals. Do you, do you ever feel like that's yeah. going to point where it hits like oversa- an oversaturation point of doing that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there aren't enough original ideas on Broadway and a lot of people think that. But unfortunately, it's a sort of situation where like you recognize the name and then you think, oh, yeah, I'll go see that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, especially if they're trying to appeal to, you know, the kind of people who maybe don't necessarily go to theater that often. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's either you have a musical based off of a movie or like a really popular book maybe or a TV show or a jukebox a jukebox musical like Escape to Margaritaville is just chock full of Jimmy Buffett songs. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful is the Carol King musical. Like the sort of like quote unquote tourist trap sort of yeah. things. I, I and saw- like if you're going to have something original – you got to get a huge name in there. Yeah. Like with uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, it was doing really well while Josh Groban was in the male lead. Yeah. But the minute he announced that he was leaving, it it dipped. Yeah. Because then you didn't get the people from outside of the regular Broadway audience flocking well, to come. Yeah. We're like, we're like, like oh, Josh okay, Groban. Well, not going to be there. I'm not going to go. Yeah. Which is a bit disappointing, but I guess yeah, it's just the way yeah. the way of the industry. You can't help it. Oh yeah. Names, yeah, names and recognizable things are what will always sell more than others. Even yeah. if there is, even if there is the occasional exception to the rule. Oh, absolutely! Like sometimes it just it works, but yeah. you know you got to get lucky. 
So in your mind, is there anything pairing the musical to the movie? Is there anything at all that you feel like the movie does better to the musical? Or do you think overall the musical is just kind of a superior product? I, I, I don't think that the musical is necessarily a superior product. I mean, I mean ob- like I like it better because I like singing the songs. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I mean, obviously like, they're completely different things really at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, And like, I like Andy Carl's, um, Phil a little better. I think he's really funny and interesting. Mm. And like Bill Murray is just, I feel like he's, he's Bill Murray. Yeah, I think, yeah, that is the thing. Bill Murray you know, is like, definitely playing. Like, it's how he is in a lot of his movies. Yeah, he's, so it's not Phil, it's just it's Bill Murray doing his thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I love the movie. I've watched it a few times. I didn't actually end up watching it until like after the third time I saw the musical. Yeah. Because it wasn't on. And uh, my mom said, I'm not paying to let you rent it. <laughs> so we had to wait for her to come on so we could record it. And then I watched it the day after I saw, it, uh, saw the musical the third time. Hmm. And it was very good. And I've watched it a couple of times since. Yeah, yeah. Um. Like, there are little itty-bitty details, like, in the movie that I rather liked that didn't make it into the musical. Like, there's a tiny mention uh, in the movie of Phil having a sister that uh, Ned Ryerson had dated. Yeah. You know, his Mary Pat. Like, she's not mentioned in the musical at all. Mm. And it's kind of, like, the tiniest little thing, but I particularly enjoyed that. Yeah. And, like, at the end of the movie, like, Phil kind of like carries Rita over the little white picket fence in the bed and breakfast. Yeah. And it's very cute, but they don't quite do that in the musical. They kind of like run off hand in hand to go watch the sunrise at the end of the musical, which is equally great. But I thought that like, at least in the movie, it was, it was was cute. Yeah. yeah. I think some of those kind of moments, they, that work, that works better in the context of the movie because the movie has like the location of the actual bed and breakfast. So it just like, yeah, it wouldn't, quite work quite have yeah, the same thing to it quite so well in the musical but yeah like it was really cute in the movie and yeah. i rather liked it it's, it's a very it's a very nice little way of like ending out the movie like yeah, i guess it gives that because the entire sense of the moment is i guess evidence like that is exactly proof that phil has changed in a certain way because mm-hmm. in earlier in the movie he would do that as a move to be like hey i'm gonna carry you over something or whatever to be yeah, but yeah, then at the end, he's doing it because he's happy to yeah, be with just, her. It's just like a thoughtless, a thoughtless moment that he just yeah he just does it. He's like, oh, I'm just it's gonna like, lift you over this thing. No, yeah, because he's just very yeah, just, overwhelmed by the joy of the day. Yeah. So, is there anything in particular that is like a favorite moment of yours in the musical? <sighs> what well, my favorite moment in the musical. Jeez, that that's rough. Making you pick uh, your favorite child. <laughs> all right, all right. I think uh, following the song "Philandering," which is the song where Bill realizes, "Oh wait, I can do whatever the hell I want," and he kind of goes crazy. You know, like you know, he goes, he sleeps with Nancy. He like there's like a sort of sexy pillow fight, and he at the end of the song he enters the diner and he's wearing this giant furry coat and he's wearing a t-shirt and his underwear uh, and then his you know his boots and he walks into the diner and he drinks coffee right out of the pot yeah. and he has this whole conversation with Rita in that moment and it's just so funny he looks ridiculous and he's acting like he's you know he's hot shit 
Yeah. And she's just not having it. And no one else knows what to do with this guy because he's <laughs> he looks like a freak. Because I think that's in the movie when he starts talking about whether he's a whether he thinks he's a god or not. Uh, that's a little later. Oh, is it? Oh, oh. Yeah. In the movie, it's kind of equivalent to when he's at the diner and he's eating all the pancakes and like oh, all the yeah. breakfast food. Oh, yeah, that's right. He just has the yeah, table full of food. Bit. It's that bit, only in the musical, it's a little different. Right. And how many times would you say, if you had to estimate, that you've listened to the soundtrack? Oh, God. Oh, hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the kind of thing that permanently lives on your phone if you can case you need to listen oh, to it. Oh yeah. It's just like, huh, I'm I'm gonna listen to one of my albums today. What would it be? Oh look, Groundhog Day. Yeah, is it like that kind of thing? Like you know how whenever you're trying to decide to listen to a movie or watch a movie and you can't decide, so you end up watching the movie you always watch? Is that your musical equivalent of that? Uh yeah, definitely. Do you have any like memorabilia from the show or anything like that? Um, I mean, I have my playbills that I got signed. I have one that's on my playbill wall with every other show that I've seen. Oh, what else? What um, else is on there? It's got, you know, it's got something on Book of Mormon, Wicked, Hamilton. Oh. Basically, every show I've seen, it's just it's the playbill. Then if I got it signed, it's obviously signed. Um, and it's just it's arranged really nice on the uh, wall behind my bed. Right. Very nice. And then. The wall facing my bed, it has what I call my Groundhog Day Shrine, which is my signed window card. And then it's it has the other six signed playbills on either side of it. And then uh, one of my pearly bead fills uh, with him in the, the funny furry jacket <laughs> that I just made for fun. And he's just kind of sitting on top of the uh, frame of the window card. Oh, very nice. So is there anything relating to the show that you'd want to get if you were able to get it? Um, I remember that there for, for a while there were tote bags like yeah. early on in previews and I wish I could have gotten one, yeah. but they were gone by that point. Right. I do have the little plush groundhog with the groundhog day t-shirt. Oh, that's good. Um, and I have a hoodie. Yeah. Very so, nice. So yeah. you, you can deck out, you can deck yourself out like the groundhog day obsessive that you are. Oh, absolutely. I wear that hoodie far too often. Is it comfortable? It's a thin hoodie, but it's it's so cozy. Oh, well, that's that's all you really want in a hoodie then. That's fine. Yeah, yeah it's nice. It's just you throw it on, you're ready to go party. Yeah. So do you ever think there'll be any other musical that stands a chance of taking the top spot away from Groundhog Day? At the moment, nothing's really like, you know... Threatening to take the spot. I was joking that Escape to Margaritaville would do that. <laughs> um, and I just I just saw it yesterday, and it was very good, but it didn't quite leave me like, oh, man, this is amazing. i got to go see it again and again and again. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like a lot of that is when, when it comes to those kind of jukebox musicals. It's like, okay, that, that's novel, but... Yeah, it was fun. I had a yeah. good time, and I'd definitely go see it again, like with my mom, but it's yeah. not, like, going to be my end-all, be-all. Yeah. I mean, it would be pretty I, I, amusing if it did I actually mean, my take joke, over. My joke is that, you know, the next one that Terry Kelly's in is going to be my next favorite because yeah. Something Rotten was my first favorite and she yeah. was in it. And then I went to Groundhog Day and it ended up being my favorite and she was in it. So my joke <laughs> is that if Terry Kelly's in it, it's got to be the best. Yeah. Or if she gets if she, if she gets a lead role, that'll be it. Oh, I, I think I just ascend to a higher plane of existence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> One day. I got to tell her that she's one of my favorites too. 
she actually uh, found me again after she was done uh, going down the line at the stage door when I was talking to my parents about where we were going to go eat. She stopped me and she just thanked me again for what I said and I got to hug her and it was Were you very great. cool, calm and collected or did you embarrass yourself entirely just being like, oh my God, I love you so much? I was like, I, I, I spoke normally, but then when I like, like when the hug ended, I accidentally kind of like, as she was starting to walk away, I kind of like held out my hand a little longingly. <laughs> and I don't think she noticed, but I'll it was rem- like, at the I'll moment, I'm like, no, fuck. I'll remember you forever. <laughs> I feel like someone like that, especially though, if she hasn't had any big roles. Yeah. You suspect that yeah, maybe, maybe people her. aren't that often telling her that she is their f- absolute favorite. So that's oh, probably yeah. going to be pretty like, good. I told her and just her eyes went wide and she's like, thank you. Like yeah. she didn't expect me to say that. And yeah. when I gave her the little uh, pearly bead of Mrs. Cleveland, she was so happy. That was <laughs> the sixth time I saw the show because like she doesn't use her social media. So like I couldn't have tagged her in it. Yeah. Because she never saw it. And so I showed up with it and I handed it to her. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is great. I love it. And I'm like, I'm glad you do. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, I love you. Yeah. Please adopt me. Sorry, parents. I'm going with her now. <laughs> no, not quite. But, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah. It was I, good. I feel like that's, yeah, yeah. would have been pretty yeah, good. Yeah, like I cosplayed, well. uh, I cosplayed that character at Broadway Con and everything. Oh, you go to Broadway? I mean, of course there's a Broadway Con. I, I went- can't believe I didn't realize this, but please tell me about Broadway Con. I, okay. I'm not the person to really ask about Broadway Con. I went for like four hours on right. the one day. It was a weekend thing and I work all weekend because uh, yeah. you know, restaurant job. So like I finished my, like, because I work uh, cutting and grinding beef. So as soon as I finish you know, making the raw burgers, I can leave. Yeah. So, like, I got done at, like, 2 o'clock, and then I hauled ass over uh, to the ferry to take, you know, to go take the ferry over to, across the river from Weehawken to get to the Javits Center so then I could be at Broadway Con. And by that point, all the fun stuff that day was pretty much over. Right. So I'm just walking around um, in this neon pink ski pants pink camo and i have this like pink snow hat that has a plush groundhog on top of it and i look like a weirdo and i'm just walking around like walking through the city like this (laughs) to get there and like it was warm in the convention center i bought real ski pants for some (laughs) ungodly reason it was you're committed to the costume oh absolutely and i'm like wow mistake when yeah. did you know it? So who else? Like, what are some of the other things that people cosplay as at Broadway Con? Um, just pretty much, like I saw a lot of the Heather's from Heather's, right? Or Veronica. Um, saw a bunch of kids dressed like deer, like you know, from like Evan Hansen. Uh, mm. saw a couple of Michaels from Be More Chill. Right. Uh, saw a few SpongeBob's and Patricks from SpongeBob the Musical. Have you seen that musical? I did. I saw it um, in December. Was it good? Because it's. I've it heard. Little... Yeah, I've heard things that suggest it's better than you would expect for a SpongeBob. Musical. Oh yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, I'm I, I'm gonna go back at some point with my little sister and her friend. Like, I went with I went with one of my friends. Because who, um, who wrote the? So. Someone well known was involved in writing the music for that, weren't they? Oh, it was a bunch of well known people. Like it was 
like the plain white tees wrote one of them. I think uh, Sarah Bareilles wrote a song. Cindy Lauper wrote a song. Uh, who else? Like it was just a bunch of really lady antebellum wrote a song. Yeah. It was just a bunch of well-known artists collaborating. Like uh, the one guy from panic at the disco. That's right. I think that might've been the one I was thinking about. That yeah. I uh, yeah. Uh, not a simple sponge wrote that one. Right. It was like, it's just a bunch of, really popular people all collaborated on that one yeah yeah i remember like it was the same when they released the spongebob swick the spongebob movie and the soundtrack for that Mm. was really good with a lot of unexpected artists like the flaming lips and all these other like random bands it's just yeah it's very good spongebob appeals to like an eclectic group of people it seems oh yeah absolutely and like it wasn't it wasn't like too pandery yeah. Like it was its own original thing, but it also slipped in like little references to the show that everyone cheered when they came about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like these mayonnaise an instrument. Round of applause. Yeah. You don't want to pander too much, but you gotta you gotta give the people yeah. what they want. Oh yeah, just occasionally they'll slip something in, and then it's like, yeah, like loud applause. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, that's a, that's all. It, sounds- it was good. Yeah, I mean, I always forget. I never think that there's probably all these convention communities for so many other things that I never consider. But yeah, of course there would be a theater one. There's one for everything else, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's every January, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, do you think you'll go again another time if you can? If oh, you can maybe get there for longer than four hours? Yeah, I mean, it was just this time I didn't... I was originally going to take an entire day off, but it was it would have been like I was going to take off for that. And then I would have to take off two days for the Groundhog Day reunion because it was so late at night that I wasn't going to be able to make it to work the next morning because the train wasn't going to get me back in time. Right. So, and then I took another day off uh, yesterday. No, yeah, yesterday to go see Escape to Margaritaville. It would have been too many days off right, in right. such a short amount of time. Plus, I'm taking an entire weekend to go um, with my mom and my little sister to a cheer competition for my sister. Right. So it, I condensed too much time off in one spot. Fair. Next year, I'll take an entire day. Yeah. And who will you go dressed as next year? Uh, I want to go as Edwin Drood from The Mystery of Edwin Drood next year. Ah, uh, right. I have no idea who that is. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was an unfinished Charles Dickens novel that uh, originally came out. Uh, the musical came out in the 80s, and I and it got revived in 2013, I think. Hmm. Um. Andy Carl was in it. A uh, lot, lot of big names were in it. It was really fun because it wasn't finished and you don't know what actually happened to Edwin Drew. The audience gets to vote. And it's it's a very fun show that I never got to see. Ah, right. But I, yeah, I'm like super into it, unlike right. a lot of other people. Is there anything that is like your next big show that you want to go see that's on the list? Um. I want to go. I'm gonna finally see Hello Dolly at some point. I was holding off because I was bitter because it beat Falsettos out for best revival. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll see that at some point, and uh, I want to go with my dad to see A Bronx Tale. Ah, right. Because he likes the movie a lot, and I've just kind of been waiting for a good time to take him. Oh, very good. Hopefully, hopefully they'll both be very good then. Yeah, I'm hoping so. And you can get over your grudge against Hello Dolly. For one night at least. Yeah, I'm over it by now. <laughs> it's just that was a little bitter, but no, I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I feel like this seems like a good, good place to wrap things up. 
All right, great. Well, yeah, thank thank you very much for joining me and telling me about it and also letting me know that it's coming to Australia because I did not know that yeah. was happening. I will definitely be signing myself up for that. I can guarantee it'll mean I have to fly interstate because they never come to Brisbane where I live. They always go to Sydney or Melbourne. So if I want to go see it, I'm likely flying south. Oh, oh well. still. I'll make the sacrifice. You've You've sold it to me. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for talking to me. Yeah. And everybody out there, uh-huh. until next time, please keep on caring and then keep on caring and then keep on caring in perpetuity. Goodbye. Bye, Brown Hunter. You son of a bitch. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb.